This is Kendra, and welcome to the I Trip Over Flat Surfaces podcast. I created this podcast to help and encourage you to get back up after stumbles and all-out fall-on-your-face life events. I do this with simple, practical views and ideas I have experienced and learned from my own stumbles and falls that you can apply to your everyday life. If this is your first podcast or your regular, I want to say thank you so very much for listening. Now let's step right into this episode. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the I Trip Over Flat Surfaces podcast. Thank you for being here. We have what I now call a regular to the podcast. Our guest today is David, my friend David. He has been on the podcast before in previous episodes, and he even helped recite the Peacock and the Crow story, which was very, very good. So today we are talking about how differences in people can be scary for a lot of folks. We like to not have things that butt against things that we like, right? And what makes us, makes us comfortable, stay within our comfort zone. And so people who maybe we can't relate to as easily look different than us, act different from us, smell different from us can be very scary. And so we talk a little bit about this, this, um, in this episode. Also, David, uh, is married to same-sex partner, and so he knows very much what it's like to live with people who, you know, just are not in agreement with the decisions that he's made and how he's dealt with that and fear he's felt about it and fear he believes others have because he's different. You know, growing up, people with tattoos were viewed a certain way. People with colored hair were viewed a certain way. Men wearing makeup in a, in a goth setting was was viewed a certain way. I, you know, you know my feeling about that. If if you want to wear makeup, wear makeup. You know, makeups, 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 makeup makes the man, or makeup makes the woman. I understand that, you know, it's weird for some people to think about that. Like if someone, if a man showed up at at work in a skirt and a blazer, it would be odd. However, the person that is inside those clothes is the same person if they wear pants, if they wear skirt, if they wear makeup, if they wear not makeup, if their skin is black, if their skin is white, if their skin is brown. It's what is in the heart that matters. And so let's listen today. Keep an open mind and heart. And remember, people who are different from us are just opportunities to learn and experience new and different things. So let's get into it. David. Hello. I'm good. Yeah. Thanks for, for having sure. me on. Doing? How, how's your family? Like, how's how's life treating you? Like, I just want to make sure I get this in. Like, how are you doing, David? <laughs> <laughs> we've had this listener, gentle listener. We've had this discussion before. Is that Kendra is very <laughs> focused and very, you know, right to the point. She doesn't like little 
discussions well, of of trivia. <laughs> not that your life isn't trivial, but I I do I, try and get my to the life point. Life is not trivial. It is you do get to the point. You you don't have time to waste on any of that stuff. <gasps> it's not that I I care about you, David. Listen, I you listeners. Do. I know you is, do. Yes, this is David. <laughs> he is my official regular to the podcast. Woo-hoo! You have heard previous episodes. He has been mm-hmm. on there. So, um, and, mm-hmm. and more to come in the future. But, but welcome. Yes, David. more. Yes, more. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know when your next episode is coming out because I miss oh, your podcast. I know. I know. My brother and I, we've been, he's done. He's been busy and I've been busy and you know how life is. You, you, gotta, you have to write. You have to make yeah. the time. You have to make the yeah. time. And so we're we're going to get back into it as soon as I'm um, free and uh, he's back into it as well. And we have to pick a poem. Man, I really do. Honestly, like um, – there are many, many, many podcasts, and I actually got so entrenched in podcasts, I had to pull mm-hmm. myself back because it was like all <laughs> consuming of my life. Oh, sure. Um, and but yours is is one that um, I look for and make sure I don't miss, and sure. and would Thank like to you. hear more. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and well, yours is is the Dog Roll and Pony Show. It's awesome. <laughs> it can be okay. found. Wherever you get your podcasts, yes, all platforms. That's right, and it's worth a listen. And and although there hasn't been a recent episode lately, there are re- episodes out there to catch up that's on right. and go listen to. So that's, that's right. Yes. That. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Please do. Okay. So my, you know, I'm not a reader, David. I I do love mm-hmm. audibles, but sure. I'm not a reader. But that's however. Right. Lila, the second book to Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, is mm-hmm. my all-time favorite book, hmm. and it is can you, about can you, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about why it's your favorite book? It is my favorite book because it's about quality, um, the metaphysics of quality, and mm-hmm. uh, the morals around that. And it really just, in a nutshell, stems from what we seem to have value is is where we see quality and the book really goes into the life of the author and his mm-hmm. experiences with individuals people with money who in the end don't have quality and people mm-hmm. without money who stem who in the end have more quality um, than than those that we would put a social value on as having mm-hmm, quality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I really just, that's just such an important part of, of my life. Cause I, I think that looking back in my life, I was always very, I always kept everyone at a very arm's length. And I think mm-hmm. maybe my, I'm a half arm now, not maybe such a, a strong arm now. Exactly. Full um, elbow open arm. Yeah. yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> um, I, I've worked on that. So sure. it is a bent arm, but um, it's, and you know, let's just equate that to age. I lost my thought process there on that one. But my point. Well, 
Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so when you talk about quality, what does that mean to you? I think quality has to do with what someone's heart really is. Mm. And, you know, mm. just for me personally, and and we can talk about our differences on this later if, if you want, but I, I believe that only God knows our heart. And I believe that, um, you know, we can't know someone's heart or motive, only he can. But I think that's really what the most important thing is. It's not where you come from, what's happened to you, how you look, who you love. Um, I think it's, it, it's how you love other people and what's in your heart that sure. is truly of quality. Yeah, so often nowadays we judge people on their words and not their deeds or their actions. And um, that the words are great. They say a lot about it, literally say a lot about a person. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. The quality of a person and their their being and and what they do is much more about their actions. And those, I believe anyway, come from, as you say, the heart, come from inside, come from what a person, that, I mean, just not who they are necessarily today, but it's a whole you know, past conversation that we have no privy to. So, you know, where they grew up and who they grew up with and what their parents were like and what their grandparents were like and what their circumstances were like when they were growing up and what their circumstances are now. So there's so much that we don't see, as you say, and uh, that God knows their heart. Um, but that, uh, I think that, experience in that life lived really informs that um, heart. And then that really is the quality of the person um, that comes out in their deeds. That's how I see it anyway. Absolutely. And I think in, the, so in my season three here, we're talking about fear and, and mm -hmm. for this episode, we're really talking about the fear that or, you know, the dread or the worry or, you know, whatever flavor of fear you want to call it of how we feel about people that are outside of our purview of quality, sure. outside of our view of value, of our norm, um, you know, it, how they look, how they dress, the mm -hmm. accent they have, how they talk. Um, how many languages they speak or don't sure. speak right. and all of those things and relate to the fear of, uh, you know, being different. Mm -hmm. And so the person who's different has fear. And then the person who is quote unquote of the norm has fear of those differences. Sure. And so David, Where what would you, you say? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, where do you think that comes from? I mean, I have my own. I'm 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 going to let you talk first, but I, I have my own kind of view of where that comes from. 
Yeah, I think it really comes from our values. Like like growing up, I grew, I grew up like, oh, someone with a lot of tattoos or greasy hair or long hair, you know, is is not someone who um obviously cares some or or is someone who uh you would want to associate with. Maybe sure. it's someone who dressed in sort of a, a goth way or, you know, wears makeup. Or, I mean, you know how I feel about this, but maybe someone, maybe a male who dresses a bit effeminate, which, sure. um, just side note, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it's just so different than the values you grew up in. So sure. I think we're worried. And, and I'm, and you can call it stereotype, bigotry, whatever it is. It, the huh. bottom layer is fear. Absolutely. And so I don't want to necessarily put those labels on it. Let's just talk about the fear that mm -hmm. exists and just call it for what it is. Because sure. I, I have my own. Um, because I'm, I'm so sure. much into animal welfare. Mm -hmm. I really have a perception of, um, and, and I'm a white female, um, mm -hmm. but if I... And I'm almost afraid, I'm almost afraid, and here we're talking about fear of saying this, but of seeing a white male in certain clothing, knowing that they could be a hunter or someone who doesn't, you know, based on how they live or dress, maybe mm -hmm. they don't perceive an animal as a living being and creature and deserving mm -hmm. of quality of care. Sure, sure. Yeah, see, so to me anyway, and um, I, in my reading over the years, it seems to me anyway that that sort of fear of difference comes from a very way back, way, way, way back in prehistory is sort of the where we came from in terms of tribes. You know, we we're hunter gatherers and we had a very small circle of people that we knew and that we, you know, if it was someone or something outside of that little group, that was something to be feared because it could mean death of you or of the whole group. Because if, uh, you know, uh, you spotted another tribe across the, the plain and, you know, they were hunting the same animals that you were hunting for your food, or they were gathering from the date palms the same way that you were. They could take all the resources, and that would mean that you and your group might not survive. So that sort of fear is deeply embedded in our, almost in our DNA, I think, that we we've been conditioned and brought here by our genes that say, <clears throat> excuse me, that say someone or something that is different than us that is out there could be a danger. And that sort of fires that fear um, in us. Interesting. So it comes down to survival. So I, I mean, at the base of it, that that's my theory or that's what I've read about is that this sort of tribal identity that we have, this group identity that we have, 
of the people who look like us or who act like us or who speak like us um, is sort of the basis of where we draw a line around our little group. And now, of course, in the modern day, our groups are much larger. They're much bigger than our family or our those people who we live with or who we interact with on a day-to-day basis. It might be a much larger organization or a, a nation or a state or um, a sports team or something else that sort of defines us in that tribal way, in that group way. Um, and then anything outside that is seen as maybe not an existential threat like it used to be when we were hunter-gatherers, but now it's sort of this diffuse um, fear of the other um, because they don't talk like me or they don't look like me or they have long hair or they have tattoos or they like the Green Bay Packers and I like the Dallas Cowboys, whatever it may be, that um, sort of fear of the other is is deeply embedded in us. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're viewing and, and not that you would say the same words, but in my words, you know, you're viewing your tribe as having quality because they're, Mm -hmm. they're your tribe. Yes. And so they, Mm -hmm. and, and it's the same thing. You could say the same thing as one percenters. You could say the same thing as, um, you know, yeah, certain class of people or certain race of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I think we have a tendency to group. You can call it, you know, a a clique or whatever. But I just I think that's human nature to group. And and again, I think that stems to survival. Sure. That's exactly exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So so what is scary? about differences in people or things like what, what differences maybe bother you? I just told you one of, one of mine that I have Mm -hmm. to work on or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, but was something that might make you worried or concerned um, for for you? I guess. And, and it's, um, I think because we're now so saturated with news media and social media, um, uh, at least in my lifetime, it seems like, and maybe I was just naive growing up, that um, the uh, political landscape is something that um, sort of, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it fear because that's strong word. Uh, that's a, a strong word, but more worry. But at the base of it, I think, is fear, Um, is we're so polarized, especially in this country. You know, these people are wrong and everything they say is wrong and everything they do is wrong and all their policies are wrong. And that, again, that sort of tribal outlook of anybody who's on the other team politically is bad and should be feared. And everybody who's on my team is great and they're beautiful and I love them. Um, But life is not like that. And even politics is not like that. People across the political spectrum have good ideas. And some of them may be on one side, some of them may be on the other. And I certainly have fallen into the trap of only believing that my side of the the 
political spectrum is the best. And so anybody on the other side must be terrible and their all their ideas must be terrible. And again, that sort of news media, social media, people that we listen to um, for their own reasons, whatever they may be, whether it's money or advertising dollars or anything like that, they have a tendency to stoke that polarization so that anything that the other side does is an existential threat to your group. And I, I freely admit it, I fall into that trap. I and it is a trap because there there is a way out but it is a trap and i will you know that we we're so conditioned to listening to those people who bring us news and who bring us things on social media that we tend to believe that those are the absolute truth when they're not they're just not we there are, like I said, there are truths across the spectrum. So um, I, I fall into that trap of fearing what I don't know or fearing something that somebody else has told me that is not true. Yeah, fear the, known, fear the unknown is, is so great. But I, I do think our tribe, just as a side note, our tribe should be all of the United States. That should be our tribe. It should not be a party. Um, but I, I do understand what you're saying because I, I had a conversation with a friend who um, a horse rescue is run by a party that they are not affiliated with. And for me, it's about animal welfare. And, sure. and right now there there is a bill in, in um, the government going through. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really getting a lot of support from a certain party that I wouldn't have thought would would have supported that, mm -hmm. and um, it, that's really all I care about. Is that you know it's sure. it's about uh, horse slaughter and and um, uh, anyway that's not what this mm -hmm. is about. <laughs> but but it's supported by a party I would not have expected. Sure, sure. and um, I I do think it's about the quality of the person and the person, mm -hmm. sh it shouldn't matter if what party they're associated with, if they truly have the skills and the ability to perform the job and the qualities to do so, mm -hmm. they should be voted into that area. Sure. And, and I think that's why I'm a registered independent. Um, but it, but I do think it's true. I think, but, but David, I think we allow ourselves to have those fires stoked because it yes. supports our belief and in embeds in us we're right yes all and, the qualities on our side all the yeah. bad stuff is on the other side or wherever yeah, is it exactly. really that important that we're always right well that you know that brings up a whole other <laughs> discussion that we have which is about <laughs> Yeah, you know, our ego and our being right and having to have that power because that that's essentially at the base of it is when you are um, wanting to be right about something, it's about reclaiming some power in your life, which you may have 
um, lost that ability or there may be things beyond your control that you just don't have any power of. Um, and so that sort of egoism, that sort of I'm right, you're wrong is a, a method or a tactic of regaining some power over your circumstances. Yeah. And again, fear feeds into that. Absolutely. We we give value to power, but that's not quality. Right. Because I mean, if you think about power in a sense of a dictatorship, who appreciates that? That's not quality. No. Let's, let's see what's happening right now with Russia and Ukraine. Do we view... Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, if you view that Russia is correct, I'm just going to say this is a wrong podcast for you, but that's just we don't view that power as being of quality. Um, no. But yet, however, we do give the thought of having power and prestige um, value. Um, but it, or, but again, it is it is just not quality. It's not quality. Mm-hmm. But no. how how do you decide when someone, you know, meeting someone for the first time or having spent time with them? How do you decide that they have quality? And what does someone of quality mean to you? And and how do how does getting past your fear work to determine if they really do have the quality that that makes up a a good person? I think it comes down to, again, what I said earlier about the difference between words and deeds. So if they show me, I'm not from Missouri, but if they show me, um, I know, show me state. (laughs) Um, but if they show me through their deeds and their actions that they care about me or that they care about things that I also care about or that their ideals are something that maybe we both aspire to or that, you know, lead us in the same direction, then absolutely um, that I won't say that it completely would mollify my fear, but that it would overcome a lot of my fear because they've shown me, they've they've done things that um, equate in my mind to someone of quality. What so, about you? Well, so let's uh, let's talk about man for well for to answer your question first decide if someone has quality i mm-hmm. i think i i really do struggle and you know this about me about letting someone in so it's sure. first they have to even get in i mean it's that's right. that's something of itself and i think to your point having quality i think they have to uh do what they say mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter the color of their skin, but I think that they have to show themselves of, of morality. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it's, if, if someone's lying or complaining all the time, I don't care if they're a gazillionaire who, who cares if they're, if they're not someone that you can count on, or if you feel that they're of, of moral intent, I, being being moral is very important to me. Being mm-hmm. a positive per- person is very important to me, and and those are things that I put great value on. 
Absolutely. And, and I, you know, it, I think if you were to put all of my friends together, you would find different ethnicities, mm-hmm. you would find different religions, Sure. you would find different colors. Um, mm-hmm. And that is, diversity is highly important to me. I cannot stress how important diversity is to me because it gives you an opportunity to really grow and learn as a person. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. want to say again, as a side note, if you don't travel, you need to travel because travel <laughs> is sort of the universal language yes. of, of um, value. Yeah. 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 It definitely broadens your horizons beyond that little tribal group that that I keep referring back to. So when you talk about diversity, you're talking about ethnicity or culture or skin color or whatever, but at the base of it is that same quality, right? So you're, you're looking at people who bring, they may have different qualities that they bring to your life or that you bring to theirs. Um, but at the base of it is that, right? Is that what you would say? Yeah, I think at the base, all of the people that that I know, they're not perfect people, but I think for the most part, they strive to be moral people. Sure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they strive to be open and understanding and provide grace where they really can. And when I say they really can, there are some people where they haven't been able to work on themselves enough. It's wherever they are in their personal growth, they give as much grace as they can at that point of their personal growth. And, you know, maybe they're not as far along as another friend that I have, but where they are in their personal growth, they're giving the grace that they, that they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I think that basic moral value is, is really important. And so Let's let's talk a little bit about the differences between you and me, David, and how. So let's talk about our religious beliefs and our um, personal love preference. Sure. And I don't know another way to say that the proper way, but but um, how do you um, let's just so we can talk about our differences, but yet how we uh, get along. What is your uh, view of God? So you probably already know this about me, Kendra, is that I am an atheist. So I don't believe that there is a God um, or any God. Um, And I grew up in the Jewish faith. um, So I certainly had exposure to that. We were not super religious Jews by any stretch of the imagination, but there is some still, even though I don't believe in God, that there is still some um, cultural Judaism that has come down to me. So I identify with, you know, in my, (laughs) we do call ourselves a tribe. So there's a lot of that, um, that sort of tribal uh, identity for me. Um, even still, even to this day, I'm 61, almost 62 years old. Um, but even though I don't personally believe in God, 
I respect and I love the, those people who do, like you, because I know where that leads you. And like we've talked about just a couple of minutes ago is what those deeds are that you do that is informed by your faith and informed by your belief in God. So um, it's just um, for me, it's not I'm not a militant in it and I don't uh, I don't begrudge people what they believe in. Um, because uh, again, for me, it's based in deed, not word. And, right. you know. and, and I don't think I've said it on this podcast, but I will. I am a born again Christian. I do believe mm-hmm. in God. I, I did grow up in a Christian household and I am very mm-hmm. thankful for that. It wasn't necessarily, if you've heard a past podcast episode, it wasn't the most favorable household. But again, just as a side note, um, we shouldn't look to other people for our relationship with God, but have a personal relationship with Him. But mm-hmm. because of my relationship with God, mm-hmm. how would you say that factors into your perception of my values and how you live and love and who you love? You know, because I know you personally and you're, you're known to me and we've had long discussions and we're good friends and we've broken bread together and all the things that we're supposed to do and that are good for us, it doesn't factor in for me because... I know, like I said, I know what that does for you and how that makes you as a person and how that informs your love for animals and for people and everything else that's based in your faith. And I find that incredibly wonderful. And that's one of the things I love about you um, is that your faith does that for you. Um, For me, it comes from a different place, but that that's beside the point it's how i know you and your deeds and what you what you do in your life um that's important and and it has nothing to do with any uh, any of the rest of it yeah and and so people understand you know what i'm asking uh, you're married to you have a same sex um your husband my husband I mean, yes, yes mm-hmm. yeah and so we've been together for 37 years and you know my sister and i often talk about this and i love again i'm just going to go on a side tangent mhm but I don't believe, David, you love any different than I do. I believe that you love David. Um, and yes, they're both named David. And we are um, the Davids. <laughs> um, I believe you love David like I love my husband. Um, I, I believe a 16-year-old can love another 16-year-old. Is it the mm-hmm. same love as you and I experience? No. But for their life where they are, they love that person. So sure. I don't Look think it's Romeo fair to Yeah. I don't think it's fair to say, you don't know what love really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, at 45, depending on how you've lived your life, you may not know what 
love really is. But again, right. that's yeah. might be a different podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I will tie that back in to what we're talking about here today is, is I, I think a lot of relationships um, fall into the trap of fear because um, people don't, like you and I are doing right now, people don't talk to one another. Exactly. And I think that um, because you're not, because people don't talk to each other and even couples who are married, uh, same sex or not, they don't talk to one another and that leads to misunderstanding and fear and anger and all of the sort of negative things in a relationship that can destroy a relationship. Um, right. And David and I have been together for 37 years because we talk a lot. Each of us talks a lot to the other and we communicate uh, in our relationship. And I've seen so many people that both you and I know that whose relationships have soured or have gone off in a different tangent because of the, the lack of communication, which breeds fear, which breeds all manner of things, negative things um, that break things, that break people apart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you were to wrap this up in a bow, it would be the bow of communication because I do believe that that is, is spot on. And yeah, well, it's really about no matter if they have the same values as you, if you deem them as quality or not, if mm-hmm. you were just to be open to communication, and that doesn't yes. mean you're doing all the talking and they're doing all the listening. And once they start talking, you shut down. I right. I think... I think someone so stark different than you until you're to the point where you're willing to give them the floor and talk about their side and truly listen, Mm -hmm. that's not real communication. Yeah. And I think to your point earlier in talking about our current society, we have a lack or an inability to really uh, be patient and open to listening to the other side because we so want them to learn our side because our the side is the most valued and the most quality and it's the most important. It's the most right. <laughs> That's right. And social media does not. It's a, it was supposed to be this revolution in communication and, you know, people breaking down barriers and whatnot. It's the complete opposite of that, because if you have 140 characters or however many it is now in Twitter, you're not going to you're sending a message out into a void and you're not actually communicating with someone. You're just posting a joke or posting a uh, an angry rant or something else. It's not communication. Um, It's not a two way. Yes. It's not, it's not quote unquote face to face. Yeah. 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 So it, you know what people, it's easy to reply to a comment, whatever 1974 XXL Mm -hmm. 
I'm trying to think of logins and that's not really funny, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice to hide behind that. And when I say sure. hide behind it, it, yes, you're out there posting comments, but I just want to say again, lots of side notes in this episode, but posting a comment is not, um, uh, holy cow. Can we just say how much my memory has gone? <laughs> but I, I just want to say posting a comment to someone's post or something, mm-hmm. it's not activism. No. And it is not quality in that you, there is nobody on the other end who you are interacting with. People mm-hmm. may look at your words Again, words as opposed to deeds. Um, And words in this case mean almost nothing. Right, right. But to someone could mean everything and could in in their life. And and I'm not saying that we have to constantly walk. Can I just say another sensitive part? Yes. I think, um, and I know that for most people who are Christian, they may not appreciate this comment, but um, I do think God gives us free will. Mm-hmm. And if it is, if you do decide to take your life, I think it's your choice to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope you don't. Um, and I no. think comments, flippant comments can cause someone to do so. Sure. Um, and, and people uh, just type that out very quickly. And you know what? That person has probably moved on to like, five other posts by then and probably couldn't even remember what they typed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't really care. They're just, no. you know, it's, they're doing a drive by. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It's, I have lots of thoughts, lots of things that I want to, I want to say it's really hard to, it's such a, such a deep, um, conversation it's hard to get through in in just a few minutes sure well let's 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 sort of bring that back about then to say in um how do you um manage your fear about someone who's different from you what are the mechanisms or the mantras or the prayers that you use maybe to manage that fear I have to really pray about it. And one of the prayers that I say often is, how can I be a blessing to that person? Mm, 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 Because mm, that is not the normal thing that one would react. But I find that if, if I present my thoughts in such a way that how that person is so different from me and so against everything that I believe but yet a child of God and someone I believe God loves just as much as he loves me. Mm -hmm. um, How can I be accepting of them, but to want, what can I do to serve them or bless them or God bless them? Or it's really just stems from, from prayer and really struggling. I, and another one I will tell you, um, I went to Abu Dhabi and um, it was actually just a layover but mm-hmm. I will tell you my experience in that layover was such that now when I see certain individuals dressed in a certain way, 
Mm-hmm. I I almost am fearful, like fearful for my personal well-being. Sure. And that has been a struggle for me um, because in a place where we lived, we actually had neighbors like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a struggle for me to really like want to be in that house next to these people um, knowing they, they didn't know me from Adam. They didn't, they probably could care less what I'm doing, but because of my previous experience in another country and how I was treated there as a Westerner female traveling alone, Mm -hmm. um, enough said there that now anyone who looked a certain way, I was fearful and I've thankfully gotten over that. And I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. those thoughts don't occasionally come back, but, but really the only way for me to get past that was prayer. Sure. Sure. How about you? Uh, well, similar. I, I mean, I don't, I certainly have not had that kind of experience um, that's led me to that. But as a gay man in this society, um, it's certainly become much easier to be open about um, being a gay man in this society now than it was when I was growing up or even when David and I first got together. Um, and for many years, we wouldn't um, even acknowledge in public that we were a couple. Um, and even even today, there is some reticence on our part to show any affection in in the public like holding hands or kissing or you know patting each other on the back or holding our arms or whatever because of the perception and maybe that's my perception but it's i think um unfortunately all too common amongst the gay community is that we will be attacked for doing that. Um, just because I mean, there, there are lots of places where we wouldn't be. Um, but if we go out in public, we don't hold hands because there is always that fear that someone will drive by or will walk by who will either call us names or have some sort of physical altercation with us just because of what who we are and who we love. So I try and be as open as I can, um, realizing just like you that, you know, people are different and that if we talk about it, I mean, there may not be an opportunity to talk about that in the moment when someone's being abusive. But if we demonstrate openness and demonstrate our commitment to each other in a public way, um, not pushing it in somebody's face, but just being who we are, then that helps tamp down that fear for me, for us, um, as who we are, but also might help 
you know, show someone that we're not really all that different, um, that we're just ordinary folks going about our lives. Ordinary folks. We're just people. We're, we're just somebody. People. That's we're right. Just like you, we are somebody. Absolutely. We're just Absolutely. a person that gets up every day. We get ready to face drink our, our water. Day. Yes. Yes. We might drink water. Maybe somebody drinks vodka. Maybe uh-huh. somebody else drinks orange juice. I mean, what mm-hmm. you know? What? No mm-hmm. judgment here. Just, right. just saying. We all start start off your day with some hydration. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just That's say right. again as another side note? Who decided it has to be five o'clock? Why can't it be yeah. like eleven a.m.? Why can't it be no. like you know whatever? Just, just right. me, just mm-hmm. me. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, David. So if if some what would what's a quote, a saying, what would you tell someone who is struggling with someone in their workplace, someone in their life, maybe someone they see on media, you know, someone that that is different from them and their values and what they deemed as quality, how do they manage that? Mm-hmm. Well, first I think it's a um, what we've just been talking about is to recognize that that person is a human being as well and is as worthy of love and attention as any other human being in the world, maybe with the exception of Adolf Hitler. But <laughs> they, they are a, a worthy human being, no matter their beliefs or what they say or anything else about them, their look, their nothing else about them matters except that they are a human being. And that that alone means that they're worthy of loving attention. Um, Now, they may prove or they may, their actions may prove that you don't need to spend time with them or that they're not someone that you've given them enough attention um, that you decide that it's maybe time to move on from them or move away from them if they're a physical danger or whatever. But that first impulse should be to regard them as, as somebody with qualities that you should respect, if at at the very least respect, but that there may be more about them that can inform your own life and can bridge divides between you. True. That's that's very true. We can learn from anyone and everyone, even people that are so different of value than us. Do you have have like a motto or quote that that comes to your mind Uh or it's just really something about, you know, just loving everyone? It is loving everyone, um, but you talked about uh, in our joint love of Frank Herbert's Dune uh, oh. is amazing, and you probably know what quote I'm going to give to you um, from that, which is, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear 
I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. When it comes to looking at everybody or every person, fear passing over you. Mm-hmm. Because it's true, with, without those other people, I mean, really in the end, you're the only one that remains. That's right. But in the end, maybe that's your greatest fear. Could be. It could be. But for you and for me both, I think for you, um, a little bit of uh, Frank Herbert's quote here, only I will remain, but within the I in that sentence, the, the ego in that sentence, for you probably is God is there in that I. And for me, it's the love I have for um, other people um, is in that eye, and that is what remains. I think in both cases, really the foundation of, of, of life is love. Yes. And the biggest combater of fear is love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very true. All right, David, thank you so much for being here. A, you know, it's ridiculous how time the, how fast the time goes. I know. That was such a great discussion and you're such a great podcast host. <gasps> thank you. I, was that in the script that I told you? No, just kidding. <laughs> I did say the line right, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> David is in the theater. That's true. It is. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for being here, David. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I look forward to the next one, being Love your you. regular guest. Yes, you are. You are my only, you're my regular. You're my regular. <laughs> Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, so really, what do I need to say? I think we can wrap this up in just one word, and that's love. I think love is about the hardest thing that we can do because there's so many factors that go into, you know, how we feel we have to be treated by certain people, um, how we feel we should treat other certain people, be it good or bad. But ultimately, and as the saying goes, love is not how you feel, but how you treat people. And I think that there's real fear for people that are so different from us, that look different, that have, that like different music, that are from different cultures. I mean, we've all experienced it from at one time or another, but in the end, we're all people. We're just trying to live our lives the best we can. Some people do it better than others. Some people don't know how to do it because they've not had good examples, and So I do think that one way we can be an example to anyone we cross paths to is just to show love. If you have liked anything you have heard here or on another episode, it would mean so much if you would tell a friend by sharing the episode, the website URL, 
itripoverflatsurfaces.com, clicking the five-star rating, or even better, leaving a written review. You know, this helps others to find the podcast, and it lets you pass on encouragement too. Thank you so very much for listening. Until next time, watch your step. Thank you.